So good evening everyone and welcome once again to the Pen and Ink Beat podcast where we talk movies. And I say we, it, it's me, um, I won't be fooled by that. Um, anyway, I'd like to start this uh, video by saying, you know, it, it's great to come back and connect with you guys after like a three month absence, um, give or take. Uh, and my my only reasoning behind that, I suppose, is mental health and just determination. Um, I I envisioned last year to be kind of a, a big turning point in my life. And in many ways it has, you know. Uh, I'm very thankful for a year, the year I've had. Uh, I've had some amazing people and amazing experiences, of course. Um... But I haven't achieved the goals that I wanted to, and I don't feel like I'm in, like I've been in such a great mental state. Um, but then again, when do I ever feel that? Um, yeah, I'd like to just say that if you'd like to get in contact with me, um, discuss movies, if you want to come on the podcast ask me any questions, any advice, it doesn't have to be about movies, it can be about anything to be fair, um, I'm not going to ask you, you guys for like financial don donations or anything like that, I mean, give me them if you want, <laughs> um, but what I will ask is if you, if you do listen and if you are interested, just please get in touch and uh, over one of these two ways, now um, the first one I'll just outline quickly, uh, is Letterboxd. Uh, now, if you don't know what Letterboxd is, Letterboxd is a like online community for film lovers. It's basically IMDb. It's uh, it's basically Rotten Tomatoes. Only it is, um, I think personally, more user focused centric. It's more about the, uh, it's more about you and your average, uh, your experience as an average viewer reviewer. Um, and there's loads of celebrated film critics on there, there's loads of people of all shapes and sizes, backgrounds, um, different opinions, and it's really great to get all those conversations going, and, you know, film is um, a key platform for that to be able to happen, uh, which I am grateful for, uh, but if you'd like to follow me on there, just type in on Letterboxd, pen and ink beat, and uh, I should come up. Um, that would be great. Uh, like I say, however, if you'd like to get in touch via email, that's also viable as well. Uh, send one to penandinkb at gmail.com and I'll answer your emails rather quickly. I mean, I haven't got anything else to do. <laughs> but no, I'd, I'd love to hear from you guys and considering the place I live there isn't a massive uh, film community it'd be great to hear mm -hmm. from all of you guys around the world uh, just see what's going on hear what's going on your experiences thoughts and opinions all of that lovely stuff so to get to the meat and potatoes of today's podcast um, I'm going to be ranking the rest of the Harry Potter films uh, now, I've touched briefly on this in part one, um, 
which, wow, it must be at least eight months since that last episode. I'd even go as far to say a year, um, although I could be out by a third bit. But I'm going to touch on where I uh, placed all the others, uh, the other four, quickly in this video, just so you don't have to go back and listen to that one. Um, and starting out, I said at number eight, well, I'm just going to say for now, uh, I, I don't think any of the Harry Potter films are bad films. Uh, none of them are bad movies whatsoever. Uh, my opinion, though, is that there is quite a large gap between my bottom four and my top four. Um, and I'd say the one at the bottom of my list is definitely kind of a meh film a skippable film it's not something that i really rate uh i've talked about this already and it's harry potter and the chamber of secrets simply because it is such a long film uh it's the longest in the franchise it really feels it um and it has the same tone from the first film but because of that extra length and because we've already had all the uh kind of world building in that first film and you know Chamber of Secrets adds a little bit but it just doesn't add enough to justify the length and that is the biggest problem here I guess I'm not really a fan of the tone of the first film and the second film as controversial as that may be uh, I, I you know Chamber of Secrets is just weak for me as soon as you know the twist as soon as you know where things are heading uh, it's not one that desperately needs to be popped in again and again. Um, it's not very memorable. And the characters, I feel, are a little weaker in this one than every other instalment. There's always like a shining star or a um, a piece of memorable monologue uh, in the Harry Potter films or standout moments. And, I mean... Other than the Basilisk fight, that did not like did not really hit the mark for me. Um, I said I was going to touch on these briefly, and you know, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> okay, uh, next up, I'd say Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, or Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I don't know why that's changed in America, but there you go. Uh, and you know, I appreciate it for its world building. It's very nostalgic to me, and I'd say as a family film it's brilliant, but I've grown up, um, and as I've grown up, the kind of love for this one has petered out a little bit. Uh, that's because there's there's just no, there's no stakes. Um, I, I don't really rate Chris Columbus as a director. Um, I think he does a great job with this film. Uh, I think he overextends himself on the second, uh, but, you know, there's, there's cutesy moments, there's there's dodgy acting all around from the kid actors, who, obviously, that is to be expected, um, but it's just not, it's not as mass, it's not as enjoyable, and I don't take away as much as I do from the other instalments, it's, it's not a bad film by any means, and I, I do... I do really like it, um, and it feels different from every other instalment in the franchise. 
uh, having said that other than the second one which carries the same kind of tonal uh, consistencies but um, yeah I'd, I'd say as an introduction to this world it is phenomenal uh, as, an, as a movie as uh, a standalone movie uh, I, I just don't I don't really see the love like I, I can understand why some people would sleep on uh, this one a little bit it's it's still good uh, don't get me wrong but there's a there's better out there there's better in in the franchise I do believe um, next up I said it was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire at number six and I stand by that um, I think the Triwizard Tournament could have been handled much better um, but there are many like standout moments and excellent characters um, introductions such as uh, Brendan Gleeson as Mad-Eye Moody I mean he's he elevates this film without him I don't think I'd like this one nearly as much as I do um, I believe this was my favorite book uh, in the series I've, I've I have to go back and read them um, because of all the Triwizard Tournament stuff and a lot of that was like a you could have like mini climaxes leading up to the next kind of event so it always kept you on the edge of your seat uh, which the other the other films don't quite have uh, the other films it, it's it's all kind of leading up to one thing uh, whereas this is like oh the, the ta- you know you know how it's going to get through them but it's just interesting um, I would have liked to see more emphasis on the actual tasks themselves uh, some more imaginative uh, ideas uh, the beginning feels a bit rushed um, in fact, everything feels a bit rushed. I, I don't like the director of this one. Uh, he publicly stated that he wasn't really a fan of Harry Potter and he didn't read the book. And I think if he did, he, it was begrudgingly. He didn't take um, much from it at all. Um, so it, it just feels like he's, he's the guy who cared the least about this series. Uh, so I'm happy he was only in there for, for the one movie. He does nail the crescendo of the film, though, uh, with the Voldemort and Harry uh, fight during the end, uh, which is which is great. Uh, but this one, aside from... I, I, I say aside from Mad-Eye Moody, aside from the kind of interesting character dynamics, it's another one like the Philosopher's Stone that I could either take or leave. Uh, next up, it's it's quite a difficult one. Uh, this one was quite hard to place because as far as far as like themes go, um, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince has my favourite in the entire series, and that's on the opening when Harry and Dumbledore stood side by side. The score is haunting. I believe you hear it at the end of the movie as well. I, I think it's called Dumbledore's theme. Um, and honestly, it's my favourite piece in the whole uh, in the whole franchise. I, I can't gush about it more. Uh, also, the cinematography in this film is maybe the best. Uh, it definitely rivals The Prisoner of Azkaban as the best cinematography 
in the franchise and I've got to give it props for that. I, I love the dark direction. Um, I forgot who plays Slughorn. Ugh, this isn't good. Uh, the guy who plays Slughorn, I, I can take or leave him. Uh, I, I think he's one of the weakest Defence Against the Dark Arts teachers. Um, I feel like the romance and the kind of bigger world plot kind don't mesh together as well as they could could uh i don't feel like it's funny in the right places and i don't feel like it takes itself seriously enough in the other places so that's why it kind of skips out on the top four for me um it's it's very good uh i i feel like the whole uh dumbledore thing the last chunk of the movie as i've said with goblet of fire the last chunk of the movie is phenomenal um and i'd probably say it is up there with one of my favorite kind of harry potter endings uh the only problem with it being that it is so so short everything goes by in a flash and you don't really get enough time to digest it um now finally getting onto the top four list the new the new stuff, the stuff that you guys have been waiting for, and if you made it this far into the video, then I commend you, uh, because I don't know how I could listen to myself talk for about 14 minutes, let alone you, but at number four, um, and this will be controversial to some, uh, is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Now, I understand that this is a big, this is the big capper of the franchise it um it had a lot riding on it uh monumental hype and it's one of those rare films that actually delivered on that uh this is a great movie if you haven't seen a harry potter film um but you are a fan yeah if, if you're not a fan of harry potter but you are a fan of something like terminator 2 of something like um Mad Max Fury Road this is kind of the wizarding take on those big action spectacles this whole film is basically like a giant action set, set piece it's like a big chessboard and you're just basically watching the chess match play out um, the things that I, I love I love um, the whole Snape backstory in this film. Mm -hmm. uh, it might be one of my favourite scenes of all time, to be to be quite honest with you. Um, I, it, it's just beautiful. Uh, and it definitely brings, brings the tears and all the emotions that you could want. Um, the CGI is great. Uh, the characters work really well off each other. It's... it's um, it's all yeah. You know, it's very emotional. It hits all the right notes. It's as grand and epic as it needs to be, and you know, I haven't got a lot to say because it is very simple, but it works. Very simple, but it works. Um, the things that I don't like so much. Um, well, if I if I had to think of one or two reasons on top of my head, 
and uh, I, I think you'll have to bear with me on this one. Um, I I guess yeah, actually, the way the a lot of the characters are killed in this, uh, are murdered, are just there's a lot of off-screen deaths, um, and that kind of takes the impact that I would have liked to see out of the film, and I. You know, of course, this of course showing on screen deaths in the Harry Potter world isn't a new thing. It wouldn't bump the film up to a fifteen rating or anything. It wouldn't alienate anyone, and it wouldn't be you know any more upsetting, I I believe, than it already already is with some of the on screen deaths. Um, so I I would have liked to see those play out for a bit more emotional punch, uh, and the. Harry and Voldemort duel at the end is is quite disappointing. Um, it's you know it compared to the Dumbledore and Voldemort fight from the Order of the Phoenix, which you'll find in later in this list. Um, it's very disappointing, and not that I can say that Harry is on the same level at all in terms of power or skill. Uh, I would have liked to see them kind of go for broke in that battle because it it doesn't seem like he's fighting his arch enemy. It doesn't seem like he's fighting the greatest wizard of all time. It just seems like he's dueling someone at his level or a, a lackey uh, for kind of want of a better word. So they're my two complaints. It's still a great film. Uh, I, ju I just don't like it as much as these other three. Now, in third place, um, I've got to give it to Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. Now, I detested this movie when it came out. Uh, I thought it was boring. I thought it was all set up and no payoff. I thought that, you know, can we just get to this action scene? Can we get to the big Hogwarts battle? Um, and as I've grown... As I've grown older um, and my perspective has changed and my perceptions have changed, um, I realise that these are the nice little moments that I actually miss from from part two. And it, it's great that they split this into two because we get a lot of time with these uh, three main characters. They spend a lot of time together. Um, their dynamic is the strongest in the franchise. Um, and it's like a it's like a cozy little camping movie, like uh, and there's some great scenes and great humor interspersed between all of that. Um, now at this point in the franchise, I was a bit concerned because for me, Harry Potter kind of lives and dies on his supporting cast of characters. Um, you know, in my favorite being. Remus Lupin, Sirius Black, Albus Dumbledore. If they're all out of the picture, um, then what like heavy hitter can take their place to either guide or go against Harry? And in this film, there isn't really one. There isn't really a massive um, enemy, uh, so to speak. I mean, Voldemort's always there in the background. Um, we get a bit of Bellatrix and Lucius, but not enough to kind of make them a considerable threat. Um, 
but yeah, the the scenes involving them infiltrating the Ministry of Magic are you know pure magic. That that's great. Um, I love the way Harry, Ron, and Hermione play off each other. I love the dancing scene in the tent to "Oh Children" by Nick Cave, one of my favorite Nick Cave songs. Um, and the thing that you know I I don't like as much. Uh, if I have to have a negative, which I suppose I do, uh, it would be that this is a much slower film. It's uh, maturer, definitely. Uh, it's a much slower film, and it kind of forgoes that amazing cinematography from The Half-Blood Prince and kind of pulls it back a little bit. Uh, there's, there's still some great shots, there's still some great moments, but it doesn't look as amazing as that film did. And I wish they kind of kept with that, even though it's a, it's a change of pace, it's a change of direction, it's a change of story. I wish they kind of kept with that. So, All right, number two, um, and, you know, the, these top four were all, all have like a razor-thin edge separating them. Uh, or they have had for the longest time, which is why it's taken me so long to make this video. Um, these top two, I'd, I'd say, are pretty solid. Um, and this is another controversial one, I'm sure. But Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix comes in at my number two. And the reason being is because there's so many great moments, um, so many great characters... There's so much that this movie does well and does right. Um, it establishes Harry as like his own his own man, taking uh, action into his own hands. It introduces, um, you know, I was gonna say Grop then, but I don't I don't really care for Grop, so I don't know why that would be uh, a good thing. Uh, obviously, the final. Uh, Ministry of Magic battle uh, is the best in the series it it just is like the whole chunk from um, trying to find the prophecy to Sirius's death which you know that hijack nice going James always gets me that's one of my favourite moments in the franchise as well um, you've got Umbridge which is introduced which is the most hateful villain of all time like well she's definitely up there um in regards to movie and fiction um and then you know david yates comes in and he brings a really nice a nice look to things which continues through all of his films that he does work on um you know dumbledore's great in this harry is given more range he's he's got a lot more to do um the teaching the defense against the dark arts uh magic lessons with him in the room of requirement are all a lot of fun um and i feel that this movie has quite a good uh amount to say about censorship and fighting back against uh the little little guys fighting back against the big ones um if I, I, I don't know if I can pick a negative, um, because, I mean, 
I've heard that people say this movie's boring, uh, which I don't really, I don't really get. I, I can, I admit that it, it does take a while to get going, uh, but for some strange reason, and I don't even really know myself, I don't feel the lag in this one. I don't feel like I'm slogging through it like I do with Chamber of Secrets. Uh, and I think that might be because of that kind of payoff at the end that you get. And obviously all the repercussions that follow. Um, but, you know, for my money, this, this is a great movie. Um, and it stands pretty, head, pretty high head and shoulders above the rest, in my opinion. Uh, number one, and I don't think there's much doubt to this, uh, most people say it's the best Harry Potter film, most people say it's their favourite Harry Potter film, and I can definitely see why, and this is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, now, this film is where the franchise took a much needed turn. Uh, it stopped being this Chris Columbus family fair, uh, and it started being its own beast. It started growing with its audience, and it it absolutely continues to blow me away on each watch. And that is because Alfonso Cuaron, uh, apologies if I've mispronounced that, uh, brings his eye to proceedings, and he makes it the most visually stunning. Harry Potter film, he injects humour at exactly the right moments, he balances the light and dark brilliantly, he introduces Remus Lupin and Sirius Black, two of the franchise's best characters. I feel like I've said franchise about a million times through this, so I apologise. Um, you know, Peter Pettigrew, a, a great character that you see the most of in this um you get all the i mean the quidditch match is just visually stunning you get the introduction of the kind of new richard harris albus dumbledore which is my favorite iteration of the character um he does a lot with with this role, he, he's absolutely outstanding. Um, you get a lot of good uh, grown-up um, kind of moments for, for Harry uh, as he starts to come into his own, but he's not quite there yet. He's, he's very out of his depth, and you can kind of see those limitations. He's, he's quite flawed, so that's great. Um, and honestly, I, I don't have a bad word against this film. Um, as a standalone movie, it is phenomenal. As a place in the franchise, it is a much needed change and is also phenomenal. Um, I can't think of any weak spots, and I advise you, if you um, if you're a bit you know mixed on Harry Potter, if you you're not too sure about it, or if you even hated it at one point, then go back and try Deathly Hallows Part 2 if you're um, if you're a bit of an action connoisseur, if you like a bit more pace and a bit more stakes, try that. But first, go to The Prisoner of Azkaban because uh, 
it is it's the best on all fronts visually emo- well emotionally i I'd, I'd say it really hits um and just as far as timing jokes dialogue um shots direction everything is just top tier so thank you guys thank you for bearing with me this has been a long episode as you could probably hear my voice has deteriorated through it um i appreciate all the support all the likes all the clicks all the shares um and obviously if you'd like to get in touch just and talk movies with me that would be much appreciated i'd love to hear from you and thanks for sticking around for this podcast episode and I'll see you next time.